Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara. Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast. My name is Lisa Settle. And my name is Isla O'Hara. And we'll be your hosts for today. The Business Diaries is a storytelling platform for businessmen and women to share their stories, the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns in business, which all bring valuable learning experiences along the way. This is our 15th podcast, so if you're new to the Business Diaries, please feel free to delve into the other 14 stories. They're all waiting to be heard. So today, it's all about opportunities, and they say that opportunity only dances with those already on the dance floor. So I think it's fair to say that our guest today has been doing some serious dancing. Isla, tell us who's in the guest seat today. Thank you, Lisa. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Nick Inge to the show. But before we hand over to Nick, let me tell you a little bit about him. Nick started his working career training to become a chartered accountant. However, he very soon realised that this was not the fun-filled, dynamic, interesting career that he was looking for. He changed tack completely and in 1994 joined Kent Police. He soon developed an interest in plain clothes policing and a specialism in recruiting and handling informants, which led him in turn to specialise in serious crime and counter-terrorism policing. This involved working along MI5, MI6, as well as the National Crime Agency, managing informants that were pivotal to high-profile operations tackling terrorism, domestic extremism, serious crime and corruption, before Nick retired from the police in June 2019. Since then, he is now a CEO of a specialist whistleblowing consultancy, I Trust Assurance Limited. He's also co-founder of Worldly Wise, a CIC, which gives advice to young people as they enter adulthood. Nick also volunteers as a careers and enterprise advisor and has written two books, Exposing the Truth, Whistleblowing Uncovered and Jeopardy. So I'm thrilled uh, to welcome you to the show, Nick. Well, look, thank you, Lisa and Isla, for having me on today. I'm thrilled to be here and I'm I'm very honoured that you give me the time to tell my story and yeah and hopefully people can get something out of it so yeah like you said I started in the police as a career having left chartered accountancy like you said as well um, it wasn't the career for me so I decided to do something completely different and join the police in um, 1994. I started in uniform like everyone does and after three and a bit years went into what they call uh, intelligence and soon realized that I, I really enjoyed speaking to people um, and getting information from them but in uh, not the evidential way, but the intelligence way. So I started recruiting informants, uh, and that ranged from shoplifting through to burglary and car crime in the day, and then soon went into working for Special Branch, which was dealing with, like you said, um, higher-level type informants, but basically just taking information people from people, writing it down and passing it on. So I did that for a few years and then got promoted in 2007 um, and then went back into what they call informant handling, um, as a supervisor and did that um, right and through until virtually the end of my career in 2019 when I retired. So that's my story in terms of the policing side. But what I found was the police, and rightly so, is is quite restrictive in terms of what they allow you to do inside and outside of the, the workplace. And I got to the point in my life where I thought, you know what, um, I could do something a bit more creative. And that's sort of my mind, I suppose. That's the way I work. So 
I started looking at business opportunities and thought, you know what, maybe I could use my my skill set outside in the corporate world in terms of what well, I was noticing in the news about people speaking up and doing the right thing. So I created Lifeless Assurance. I was very passionate about recruiting informants and getting information from people and hopefully using that, like I say, that skill set and experience in the corporate world, we can encourage people to to speak up and talk about wrongdoing in the workplace, which could range from bullying to sexual misconduct to corruption, fraud and theft. So, um, yeah, I've got a real passion for for that side of it, of life and just helping people, yeah, tell the truth effectively. So, um, I created I Trust Assurance, and yeah, it's a whistleblowing consultancy. And what is whistleblowing? It's it's no more than people speaking up and telling the truth. So, you know, if we can create an environment, a business, a platform which people can do that safely and anonymously, then um, and that's what it is. So, you know, if if people have got examples of where they've been either subject to or witnessed bullying, for example, in the workplace, it allows them to go. Do you know what? I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Um, I've seen it going on for a number of weeks, months, years even potentially. Um, and if companies can then allow their staff a platform by which to speak up safely, then that's what we do and we enable it. So it's helping people to, to basically tell the truth. And where do you start? I mean, my background is in what they call covert policing. So we weren't allowed to you know, have a much of a presence on social media or obviously tell people what we did for a living. And that's not you know, talking it up too much. That's just the way it is. I thought, well, how do I get out there and how do I get my name out there? How do I get the name of iTrust Assurance out there? You know, from a standing start, having no background in the, certainly the corporate world, no network to call on apart from my internal network in the police, which I'd built up over the years. So I decided to go on social media and create a profile and having no knowledge about social media at all, decided to read a few books um, about giving me a few tips. I went along to a free networking event and um, certainly in the Kent area went along to a ZC social media um, event and literally on a very basic level is about creating content on social media creating posts on social media do it regularly have a habit of doing it which I still do today I post at least once a day on my LinkedIn and, and Twitter account and Facebook as well and just get the name I trust assurance out there and also build the brand i.e. me as well, um, but telling my story because I started out providing grassroots sports clubs with telephone hotlines for people to report wrongdoing. But it soon became apparent people wanted to know my story, um, which is nothing, you know, it's different, I suppose, but it's nothing amazing. But people wanted to take something out of that. So through a combination of networking, physical networking, when we could, obviously we can't do it at the minute, but physical networking, making a, a presence on social media um, and learning as I went along, as well as, you know, going around through my network of friends and just getting the name out there. I've built a a, certainly a, a, a profile for what it's worth um, in terms of my very niche area of business. So what happened was about this time in 2020, yeah, February 2020, um, through the networking, I uh, was contacted um, out of the blue by a company who had a representative in the UK. He was he'd just come back from Dubai. Um, and before you know it, I was talking to a tech company in Dubai called Aletheia. Um, and they would been going for a few years, but basically what they'd done was developed a platform by which businesses could roll out an anonymous speak up app called Aletheia in their business to allow their staff to speak up about wrongdoing, like I mentioned earlier. So, but what they were finding was was that the tech platform was fantastic but there wasn't a back-end administrative service for the app. 
So companies were saying they'd like, they love the app, they love the idea, they like the niche element to it, um, and they wanted to provide a modern way of allowing their staff to speak up, not through a, a telephone hotline, but through a digital platform such as an app. So what we decided to do was iTrust Assurance became the exclusive third-party administrator for the app um, so that staff in organisations that had rolled the app out could say to their staff, look, we're not going to administer any disclosure that you make. There's a specialist whistleblowing consultant at the end of the app called iTrust Assurance. Their background is in covert policing. They've dealt with lots of people in the past who've uh, provided information in the criminal world, but you can be assured iTrust Assurance (laughs) you'd be kept safe and anonymous. So that's what we did. So that was in, and then lockdown came in March last year uh, into full effect. Um, And obviously we had to pivot and change and readjust our business model, I suppose, to a point and change the narrative from whistleblowing to speaking up. So that's what we did. We, We aligned our two websites. We didn't partner officially as such, but we became their exclusive third party administrator and had also been approached by two other businesses in that space of speaking up to become their third party administrator. So I realized that I'd found a bit of a niche in terms of what we were offering. And that's with the background of the staff that I have in the wings who are ex-colleagues who've got a real passion like I have for doing the right thing, speaking up um, and making a difference. So we partnered and then we started um, rolling out the app to organizations in the UK and now the Middle East have so much interest in what we're doing because the world has changed since lockdown, as we all know, with BLM movement and PPE and the you know the campaign that Marcus Rashford has very successfully um, campaigned for in terms of free school meals for children. People are far more willing to to speak up and, and not accept wrongdoing in whatever form that takes. So there's lots of interest in what we are doing and not just from a digital tech platform and what we offer for iTrust at the other end. It's more about um, changing the workplace and the workspace so that people feel more feel safer in the workspace um, and more empowered um, to do the right thing and speak up. We officially started going and working together once we'd got the websites aligned and the narrative adjusted, probably about July time last year. And it's going very well until, I say until, and tragically, um, the co-founder of the app got diagnosed with um, a very severe form of of brain cancer um, in October last year. And and tragically, yeah, they they can't do anything else for him. So I mean, that's a, obviously an awful, awful story. But what it's meant is that for me personally, I've been asked to step up and take the role of the CEO for Alethea as well as I trust. So um, what may have inevitably come in terms of the business coming together has been certainly accelerated by that tragic story. Like I said, so so now we've got the app. Um, with iTrust alongside um, how we go forward in terms of marrying that, who knows, but that's that's for discussion. But at the minute, I'm certainly in the chair for both 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 companies. Um, we've got so much interest in it and and our ambition is is massive in terms of the Middle East and certainly certain market in the UK, which I won't even go into at the minute. But yeah, the ambition's there, the appetite's there. We've got a fantastic team behind us. And you know, the future is very rosy for us. Um, obviously tarnished with, you know, the, the story, you know, the tragic story of what's happened to the co-founder of the Aletheia app. But all I would say is in terms of my journey, and I've been out to the police for just over 18 months now, having retired. Um, and it's a journey which has really surprised me. But I think, the say surprised me, it has surprised me. And you never know what's around the corner. I mean, who knows where I'll be this time next year with the businesses. But I have got a social enterprise, which I think I might have touched on, called Worldly Wise, or you might have either, certainly in the introduction. But what happens in life is, you know, you have to give it a go. You have to take every opportunity. 
there's lots of there's lots of lovely lovely people out there certainly in, in the world i came from in terms of the police um you're dealing with you know not certainly the most savory end of society sometimes but in terms of going out there finding finding out what's out there i mean you 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 get emails you have phone calls you you meet lovely people through networking events and 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 it's i haven't bought a franchise i, I didn't set out i didn't really i didn't know what i was doing i suppose but you never know where it was all going to go and and certainly my mantra in life is you know make the most of every single moment you have on this planet and I could have stayed in the police longer and, and worked until I was sixty and, and taken a, you know, a larger pension. But life's too short, and and there are so many opportunities out there for, you know, every age in life and every background. And you just have to you have to find them. I'm not going to come knocking on my front door and saying, you know, we'd like a whistleblowing um, app, you know, where I live in Maidstone, uh, for any business in Kent. You know, you have to go. And the world's a very small place. You know, certainly we've all found it in terms of lockdown and the opportunities on on social media and and zoom and and teams and other platforms like that that the small the world's a very small place and there are lovely people out there you're going to come across people in in life that maybe aren't as savory as you might like them to be sometimes but that's just life but when you see an opportunity go for it and my mantra in life is you know you never know so you know the strap line for worldly wise the social enterprises hashtag you never know and and i certainly live every single day like that that's brilliant, Nick. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. What a journey you've been on, certainly in the last 12 months. I don't want to waste any time now. Let's let's dive right in because there's lots of questions and we we, we need to ask them. So first of all, for me, you, you certainly don't seem to be risk averse. Tell us about your attitude to risk. Is that something that you attribute to your former career in the police? Is that something that you've always had? Is that something inbuilt? So that made you a really good policeman. What you know? Tell us about it. How how does it come about? I think I've had it in me for a very long time. Before I joined the police, and before I became an accountant, and before that, I took a gap year before I went to polytechnic. And um, I remember flying out to Australia on a one way ticket with nowhere to stay. Before the days of the internet, it makes me sound very old, doesn't it? But before the days of the internet, <laughs> I had a one page about. Perth in Australia that I'd ripped out of a travel magazine and landed in Aust- in Perth in Australia and went backpacking around Australia, run out of money. It's a long story, ended up in Hong Kong, worked as a cocktail barman in Hong Kong. I think it's already I think it's already always been there in me. Um yeah. and in terms of the police, that taught me to take risks but in a very controlled way. So there's lots of risk assessments in the police that you have to fill out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I that's think so it's something a, I was going to ask you actually is that do they they obviously give you lots of tools to deal with risk, don't they? So that's got to have helped you in life generally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a combination of personality, um, upbringing, experience through the workplace, and certainly the police that that taught me um, a lot in terms of that, as well as an age, an age thing as well, and life experiences. So it's probably a combination yeah. of everything. But I think yeah, you know, your, your basic attitude to risk is is in you is certainly in me um but i think i've tempered it over the years but still like i said you know you, you never know so you've got to give something a go and and a lot of the time people don't take any risk because they're too scared to take risk but then at the same time nothing's going to happen because you end up becoming so insular and you know and certainly in lockdown it's sort of proved a point that people can feel very secure in their house but you do have to take a risk with walking out your front door so you know, mm. it's no different mm. from business, I suppose. You just got to go and knock on a few doors and see which doors open. Um, maybe yeah. that's a wrong analogy, but you know what I mean. It's, no, it's, no, it's probably a combination analogy. of everything, to be honest. Personality, experience, age, and and background, and, and and maybe the job that I've done in the past as well. So, 
Yeah, okay. So before you started iTrust Assurance, did you know of any other companies offering whistleblowing assistance? Was was your company based on a particular model out there? I mean, often you sort of look at things and you think, well, that's a good model, but it's not been done very well. I can do better than that. Let's start up our own business. How, how did it come about? Yeah, certainly not. No, I was, like I said, I was in covert policing, so I had no exposure to the real business world. Um, my son had a, a, a has a, a small company called the Bubble Waffle Company, and we became exposed to a little bit of business, I suppose, in that sphere. But I didn't. No, I, I knew I had a skill set, which I think I could share. Share? Crikey, it sounds like I'm very, <laughs> maybe a bit of myself. I'm certainly not. But I thought I've got a very specific niche skill set, which could be of use in business. There you go. And through my son's waffle company, we read books about entrepreneurship and and starting businesses. And I thought, do you know what? I've got to a certain age. I've got the experience. I've got a skill set. Maybe there's a there's a niche for it out there somewhere. And that was what it was. It wasn't, and I suppose that's what the USP of iTrust is, and this is why people are interested in what we're doing, is because they do find it different. You know, it is about, you know, taking that background of, and it sounds very sexy and it isn't, but spying informants, and people like that. You look at the TV, it's full of, you know, police dramas, whatever, you know, genre that might be, whether it's investigation or traffic or whatever it might be. And people do like that sort of, I'm certainly no James Bond and never will be and never didn't ever profess to be. But, you know, people like that side of of life, I suppose. And if we can take that into the into that corporate element and world, then maybe that's why people are interested. And it's all about it's not all about you have to have a skill as well and, and offer a service and a product, whatever it might be, but it's all about telling a story. And if people can understand what we're offering through my background and, and the team behind me as well, then that's all part of of what it is. And rather than just you know, offering a telephone hotline and take it or leave it. There is a pedigree and a, and, a, and a providence to what we do and people are buying into it, which is fantastic. And I never even thought that would be the case because like I said, I was in covert police and you weren't allowed to tell him what you did. But as soon as, and I don't give anything away. I mean, you know, it's a job at the end of the day. I've got paid money and, you know, and a great lifestyle and, and you're a great employer to be fair. But if I can take that into the corporate world and people get something from it, then so, you know, so be it. Yeah, this is mm. something that I, I want to pick up on. And in, in the sense of whistleblowing and the terminology and what people understand by the term whistleblowing, obviously, um, you know, like you say, there's big TV dramas and, you know, big news coverage. And it, it does seem that whistleblowing is only related to big uh, big corporations or major crime units. And, and I was interested in Yen, when you were telling your story about how you've changed your terminology from whistleblowing to, to speaking up and telling the truth. Maybe maybe because that makes it more relatable to people who are running smaller businesses. Do you have examples where small businesses, where whistleblowing or speaking up and telling the truth would be pertinent for small businesses or even a small, I don't know, local sports club? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, everyone wants to know the truth, regardless of whatever level it's at. So what we found is as well is it's not just about uncovering large scale fraud or corruption or, you know, issues like such as those for small businesses to have this app in their business. It's very forward facing as well, because what it means is, is that that their clients and customers can see that they're an open and honest and transparent business to do business with, as well as encouraging the staff to then report anonymously anything that they think could be of value to the owners of the business, which would then help the business grow. So it's a value of everywhere. And it's very cost effective. It's not, I mean, I'm 
obviously I would say that, but it, it's a very cost-effective way of marketing your business as well as having a, a dash cam for a business. I mean, you know, you have a dash cam, or most people have dash cams for their car. They want to see what's going on. They don't want to be caught out. They want to see the future if they can. And this is a very niche, forward-thinking way of of having that extra level of insurance, I suppose as it is. And it's, like I say, it's not just inward-facing, it's outward-facing as well. And as the owner of any business, you want to know have you'd like to know the the intelligence of what's going on without people being seen to be grasses or snitches but empowering the all staff to tell you as a as a business owner for example you know for example if someone is stealing from your business or potentially going to steal all your customers and go and set a new business up and take all your clients that you've worked hard to nurture over the years you know there's there's so many benefits it's not just a case of someone you know fictitiously grassing up their mates about some nonsense it's about it's the holistic approach. It sounds very cheesy in a in a business world, but it's true. It's it's more than just an app. It's more. It's about culture in a business. And if you're a small business and you're growing, or even just a small business, and you're not growing. You're just staying where you are, and you're happy to stay where you are. It just it's just another another level of culture within the business, both internally and externally. Externally, sorry. Well, absolutely, because I mean, the reputational damage of not doing something, or as you say, not being aware of that in intelligence that's going on within your own organisation, um, you know, the fallout from that, uh, if nothing is done or it's handled really badly, is, is well, it could be killing for a business. You, oh, absolutely, what, yeah, it could, it could absolutely be the, the final nail in the coffin in terms of the business, couldn't it? And it takes, you know, years, what does it call it, um, reputation, you know, it takes years to developing yeah. on comes on foot but leads on horseback and all that sort of stuff yeah, you know but yeah. it's true every single time and it just takes that one little thing but if you if you give your staff the opportunity to to tell you what it is um and even if they don't but you know for example if it comes to a you know god forbid it ever came to a, a you know a, an employment tribunal and there was issues the employer could say to their staff we had you had every opportunity to tell us about whatever issue it is and if you didn't choose to take it then you know that's that you need to look at yourself but we gave you opportunity to speak up and and if you are making an allegation of whatever it is, then you know maybe they're not going to be as liable because they've got that extra level of insurance in place through the app. But it's about confidence as well, isn't it? It's about the confidence to speak up for their, you know, for their own well, their own job security, their own personal professional reputation. What happens if they speak up? So the app gives the, this this anonymity, and I guess that level of a, well, like you say, assurance. Absolutely, yeah, and and it's not just that, and it's they're great points, but it's the mental health aspect to it as well. Now, I was on a course the year before last um, after I left the police, and and the uh, the organisation I was spent the day with was saying that people, in terms of their mental health, when they want to speak up, they'll either do it once or twice just to relieve the pressure of whatever burden they're carrying, whatever it is. So, if we give them that outlet. You know that we can't be judge and jury in terms of what the organisation does with that information. I mean, if it's obviously a very serious criminal nature, it'll go to the police. But if it's an internal issue, then that company will be privy to that information, which they ordinarily wouldn't be. But for the staff member to offload that burden of whatever they have in their head, which could be, you know, not allowing them to sleep properly, they could be going home and and offloading on their family and friends who don't really want to hear it, but they're they're listening to it because they're a good friend or, you know, family member, um, is that outlet to, to allow that to happen as well. So, you know, mental health is massive in, and it's, you know, far more acceptable in terms of speaking about it and rightly so as well. And if I don't profess to be a psychologist or a counsellor or anything like that, but if the app allows that outlet for people to to offload and make themselves 
feel better as well mentally, then um, that's you know, it's going to be a good thing, can't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was particularly interested in some of the tips that you gave during your uh, your story about building your own reputation. That you know, having been in the police force and covert operations, you know, you were very restrictive in what you could and couldn't say about you know what you did, what your role was. So, in terms of building your professional, you know, profile within this space, it seems to me that you had to leave the police, set up a new business with very little or non-existent reputation in in the world obviously you had your reputation within the police force for the work that you were doing and the whistleblowing that that you did and you talked about your um what you did on social media you talked about the fact that you actively went out and you learned and you practiced and uh particularly your point about being consistent showing up every day and posting interesting content and you know these are all great great tactics but you also almost we know went a step further and you've written a couple of books yeah I have I'm very determined in life I'm very competitive hopefully in a good way not in a nasty way I made mention the fact that we'd read books about entrepreneurship through my son's business and I remember reading a, a piece once about you know if you want credibility write a book right regardless of how many books you sell I know I've sold a few but it's a really good door opener and I honestly, I've hardly read, I mean, bearing in mind I did A-level English and I've hardly read any book since I left school, uh, which is a real bad testament to, to me in terms of my character. And, you know, it's not very great. But um, I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book and you never know. And I wrote the first book about um, the whistleblowing experience. It's basically a book about a guide, you know, a simple guide to um, encouraging people to speak up either before they speak up, having made a disclosure you know, what the journey they're going to go through. And then at the end, you know, how they might feel afterwards. So that's the first book. And the second book was, so the first book is a nonfiction. The second book's um, a fictional book based on my experiences, I suppose. It's all fiction, but um, based on that sort of policing, I suppose. But if I can write a book, anyone can. And, and certainly the first book's a real good door opener. It's a conversation piece like it is, but it's also a legacy to my family, which, you know, and I'm not a builder, I can't hardly put shelves up. But, you know, to have something to, you know, if I was to keel over tomorrow, and God forbid I won't, but if I was, then those books, yeah, are something that I'm say proud of. I don't know about being proud, but it's just nice to go, do you know what? I've written a couple of books, and how many people say they're going to write a book and never do, or start it and don't finish it? And, you know, I'm certainly not like that in life, and you can tell that. You know, I was like that in the police as well, to be fair. I mean, maybe that's the creative element to what I could do in the police was, 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 was managing and recruiting informants and running teams that did the same as well. But however, that creativity and creativity that I've got to at age 51 now has given me that other outlet. And maybe I've got a sort of brain that doesn't sit still. I mean, I hardly watch any TV. The only TV I do watch is football matches and reruns of Would I Lie to You, um, <laughs> which is not great, is it? But it's, I've got that sort of mind. And I've got a third book, which I started um, a few months ago. I've got about five and a half thousand words into it. But I've just got one of those sort of brains where, you know, I'll stick, you know, self-publish the books, put it out on the internet. If it resonates with one person and they get something out of it, that's what it's about. And certainly for I trust as well, if we can provide that platform by which one person can speak up, then that's the job done for me. In the same way, Worldly Wise, we provide support and guidance to young people about life's experiences. If one person, one young person can can be inspired by our team of over 40 volunteers now about their life story and go, do you know what? We, I can give it a go and you know I might not be academically able 
Um, I might not be, I might have things going on at home. I might have a disability, but you know what? There's plenty of people out there who've made fantastic successes of their life, whatever that means, and it inspires people. And it, and if I can write a book, going back to the book analogy, anyone can write. But honestly, believe you me, anyone could write a book. So, yeah, the book's a great door opener, and a great conversation piece. It's not the bill end all, but it's, it's a hobby as well. I mean, you know, how do you how do you ever write a book? I mean, and do you know what? We had some friends. Well, you still got friends to be fair, but um. <laughs> one, of them, one, of them, yeah, one of them said to me, just start, just start writing because there's no, and it's a bit like the business, you know, I could have gone to, I mean, I did economics degree, so I've got a bit of background in that side of life, I suppose, but you could go on, you know, MBAs and all these courses about starting a business, you've just got to get on with it at some point. And as yeah. most of the writing the book is exactly the same. There's no, there's no two ways to write a book. There's no, there's no two ways to start writing a song or start painting. You just got to go and do it and learn as you go along. And that is my attitude to life. Fly to Perth in Australia and see what happens. Join the police, see what happens. Start ITRA, see what happens. Write a book, see what happens. And nine times out of 10, in fact, probably the ratio is higher than that, 99 times out of 100, it works out. And it, sometimes it won't, but at least you're giving it a go. And, you know, my wife's an a nurse and she sees life through a different set of eyes. Um, and, you know, we're all blessed to be still having this interview and, you know, look at what's happened to the co-founder, Alethea. You know, you never mm. know what's around the corner. And likewise, you turn that into a positive and go, you never know, give it your best shot. And if there's people criticising on the sidelines, good luck to them. Because half the time, they've never done it themselves. They'll sit there moaning about life and doing nothing and woe is me. Do you know what? Do you know what? Good luck to it. I would never criticise them, but that's certainly not me. And hopefully you can you can tell in terms of what I'm doing and where we're going and you know, who knows how it's going to be. And in another year's time, yeah, it'd be lovely to have another chat and 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 I can see where you two are and you can see where I am. And it's just life's journey, isn't it? And it's all part yeah. of the rich yeah, experience absolutely. of what you're doing. And, and if you end up at the end of your life, whenever that might be, and you think, I'm oh, giving it the best crack I have, you know, and, and give it a best shot, that's all you can ask, isn't it, of anyone in life. And that's my children. That's me and, you know, my wife and us as a family. And, and that's all we do, so. Yeah. So you just mentioned Alethea there. I, I want to go back to the app. So Alethea is it's fully funded and being developed in Dubai. You've gone from merely being introduced to the company behind it to becoming the CEO in less than a year. Now, two two questions there. One, I know there was a funny story when you got introduced, which I'd like you to tell us that involved a swanky restaurant. And two, how do you see the next 12 months where, with the app? You know, can, can you tell us about your plans or, or are they covert? <laughs> well yeah going back to the story about the app and and how it all came about in terms of me being introduced to them yeah so you no, i did sorry i admitted to tell you that um yeah so what happened was this time last year literally february 2020 i was introduced to uh one of the guys who came from dubai um i had an email out the blue saying would you like to meet me i said yes so um, i was going up to london as you could do then on the train to meet people and do some network and he invited me to a very posh restaurant um in mayfair um and i'm not into that sort of thing particularly at all i'd rather go down the pub with my mates have a few pints and have a good laugh but um so i often went to this restaurant in mayfair and i was trying to impress and i got my man bag on which seemed a bit you know alien to me as well and i'd, I'd put a, i think a smart pair of jeans on i certainly didn't have trainers but a smart pair of shoes for me anyway um went to a restaurant in mayfair um and i was thought well, do you know what i can't be seen to be um, making the most of this, so I ordered the, just a glass of water, no alcohol. Didn't want to, you know, wanted to keep all my faculties about me, and chose the cheapest thing on the menu, which was the soup of the day. So I sat there and um, opposite this really lovely fella, and, um, and we started chatting. And then and the waiter came across and he produced a 
a bowl with some vegetation in the bottom. And I looked at it, and then there's this sort of jar of, well, I don't know what it was. It was well, it was liquid. Um, it looked like a, a specimen bottle, to be fair. <laughs> and I said, and I said, uh, and and where's the rest of the soup? And he said, Oh, sir, that is the soup. You have to pour it on the vegetable. And I went, Oh, crikey! <laughs> but anyway, we still laugh about it now. And um, you know, and I say out of my depth. I don't. I've never been out of my depth. Do you know what? Everyone's the same. Every, I treat everyone in life as the same, right? And I'm no better than anyone worse than anyone else. And everyone's flesh and blood, whether that's the queen to the cleaner or whatever it is. But you know, I just I just see life through maybe a different set of eyes, maybe, and I don't certainly get held upon rank or status or or titles or anything like that. So if it's if it's and it's, if I could laugh about it, that's half the battle, isn't it? And if you don't take yeah, yourself too absolutely. seriously, and you, you know, if I sat there and and pretended to be something that I wasn't, or and I'm certainly not like that. I'm, what you see is what you get with me, and maybe that's not a good thing sometimes. But I wear my heart on the sleeve give it a crack have a laugh and if it doesn't work out then then move on but yeah so that's well, it the story it it obviously worked out didn't it with the with your colleague because you became firm friend friends from that point and 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 now you're your ceo of the company so where are you going what what's what what's going to happen in the next 12 months yeah well it's very kind of you to say and um yeah I am now, and my vision going forward is to become the platform in the Middle East for uh, people to speak up, um, which probably hasn't had the best reputation in terms of uh, that side of life going back. But going forward, the world has certainly changed. So if we can be the the go-to platform out in that part of the world, brilliant. Um, certainly the UK, we've got a market that we're targeting uh, and we started to make inroads in, so I won't go into the great detail about that. Um, but that's my vision, to build um, a fantastic company with a fantastic reputation. We've got a brilliant team behind us um, and uh, and a legacy and a story. And, and you know, had a tragic story in terms of, you know, where we are certainly currently because um, the, the co-founder is not, is not in a good place. But, you know, we can take that legacy on, build it for them, um, um, him and his family, um, and and that is the pedigree and a combination of of brilliant people coming together. And when I was out in Dubai a few weeks ago talking to the team about the opportunities, um, I came across, I came away from the first meeting and I, I phoned my wife. She said, "How was it?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Do you know what? It's it's a funny thing. It's and in the police you get very used to procedures and it's always been done like this. And we've had a meeting like this and this is the way it is. And but when businesses come together and people decide to do things, it's very organic. And that sounds very cheesy as well. But you meet someone in the cafe, you go to a party, you have a conversation, you meet them in a pub, you have a coffee. And and Heather said to me, my wife, she said, but when we met, we met at a bar, you know, I was a cocktail barman in Hong Kong, like I said earlier. Um Heather was a waitress backpacking with her friends, you know, and then we ended up getting married and having children. We didn't meet on a, you know, prescriptive uh, nothing against it at all, obviously, but in the, this is the modern way, possibly a dating website. Um, mm. we, it just mm. happened, and and yeah. in the same way that businesses happen and things evolve, and you know, like I said, who knows what's going to happen next week in a year's time? But you know, that's where I see it evolving to becoming the best of the best of the best with the best team around us. And I've always said this when I was the police with, with my teams, yeah, we're going to be the best team. Whether we hit it or not is another matter, but we will we will strive to be the best, and that's all You're anyone certainly- can ask in life. Yeah, you'll certainly give it a good try. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> We've definitely got that message. Oh, thank you. Oh, absolutely. Nick, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can email us through the iTrust Assurance website or they can go on our Twitter feed um, at iTrustAssure or if they want to look at WorldyWise, it's CICWise on Twitter 
yeah, so they're the, they're the, they're the three main ways, the iTrust Assurance website and the, and the two Twitter feeds of WorldlyWise and iTrust. Oh, thank you for that, Nick. You've given us such a lot to think about in the uh, in the discussion today. Thank you very much. I think we've got so many good takeaways as well from our discussion. And I think what has really stood out for me is just your almost your, your enthusiasm for the opportunities is you know it's been a constant theme throughout of our throughout the discussion today about being open to opportunities um and just seeing where they see where they take you and enjoying that journey and as you say with your hashtag you know hashtag you never know I think I might actually write that down and stick it above <laughs> my desk because yeah you're absolutely right business is a journey life is a journey and yeah the the exciting the opportunities are what make that journey exciting I think Lisa what about you what were your key takeaways well yeah I'm, I'm still still thinking about it really but I, um, I'm, I'm really pleased to have learned a bit about whistleblowing or a, a lot about whistleblowing really I, I didn't know an awful lot about it before and I certainly felt that it was something that perhaps didn't relate to me but you know now I, I can see that you know there is there is a place for it there's a place for it everywhere really so you know thank you for for giving us that I've also resonated with Nick's story as well because it's it's part of our reasoning behind the business diaries storytelling especially at the live events and is it's that 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 key saying people by people and you know I know Nick when we've discussed before you've said that that was a, a tip that someone gave you and and gave your son when he first started his his waffle company and it's absolutely true I mean I know that you have been open to opportunities and you've bounced off them left right and center in the last 12 months but people buying people has definitely got something to do with it because people have definitely bought into into Nick Inge and and who he is that's for sure 100% yeah. So you I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stop us because I'm afraid that's it for today. We've we've had some good discussions but that that's it. Time doesn't stop for any anyone. So many thanks Nick for sharing. We wish you so much success with all your endeavors and we'll be keeping a, a keen eye on you. I'd also like to say huge thanks to Paul Cheese for our fantastic jingle and for editing. Isla, have we got any announcements before we go? Just to say, as Lisa reiterated, you know, to reiterate Lisa's point at the beginning, this is our 15th podcast. So we're keeping the stories coming every month and we've got some fantastic storytellers lined up for future episodes too. So do like and follow us on social media at The Business Diaries and do subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. Yeah. And of course, thanks go to you, the listener, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's story and the discussion and that you'll join us for the next one too. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of The Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries. 